0: Hey everybody, it's Brian for a solo episode of Curiosity Continuum, and this one may be a standalone standalone episode because I'm going to talk to you about something you hear every single time Josh and I come on the air. That is the theme song, something that I wrote, and I'm going to have Josh insert it right about here. And so I want to start talking a little bit about why this theme song even exists. I mean, we could have had a podcast that didn't have a theme song, but theme songs are kind of fun. I wanted something that would kind of mark who Josh and I are as far as a podcast. But for me, it was important to make an artistic statement. I've been a musician all my life. I started playing bass at 14, and there are things that you'll hear in this thing that you may not even realize unless you're a listening musician. You'll hear some of the movements, of course. But even if you're not a musician, I want to explain some of the inspiration behind it. Because oftentimes when you see a piece of art, when you listen to a piece of art, when you see something that's built or constructed or a meal that's composed, there's so many considerations that you never see. Those attention to details are what make it special. And uh, for those who appreciate the the details of things, I just want to share a little bit about what's going on when you hear this theme song. First, starting out, what I wanted. <clears throat> One of the things I wanted was a theme song that was on a loop. Because, if you know no curiosity continuum, it's a loop. I wanted to have something that, if you just played it over and over again, it could kind of be a continuous loop if I wanted it to be. And the inspiration behind that was actually old NES games, like Castlevania Two or Super Mario or whatever, Legend of Zelda. There was a theme song that lasted for a certain amount of time, and it would loop, because there wasn't like... This endless space. You need to have something that was simple, something that was easily composed. Uh, you know, and obviously, when you hear some of almost like symphonic representations of those songs, there's so much more that you hear that maybe the composer maybe wanted to put into it. But they had to have a limited uh, palette as far as sounds and things and space meant to put it on like an 8 bit cartridge. So I wanted a theme song that could loop, I wanted something that was memorable. Oftentimes when I play bass and I'm playing like a solo thing or I'm working out something, I like to hear the melody on the top. And so you can always hear the melody kind of carried through the theme song by the top note I'm playing. And as fancy as I may get underneath in terms of other notes I'm adding, you can always sing the theme song. da 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 And it goes again and again and again. Forgive my uh, raggy throat today. (laughs) Anyway. When you hear that, that's the part that you're remembering to sing. What I wanted was something that people could sing or hum along. If you've ever done it, and you say, oh yeah, this is the theme song, and I'm kind of singing along with it, and it's easy for me to sing, I've accomplished my goal. It means that you have remembered that. Now, I want to get a little bit geeky for you uh, in the music realm of things. First of all, I want to thank my friend Tim Calhoun, who recorded this theme song for me, because... Uh, without him, there would be no theme song that you hear, because he did the good work with there. He also had a a friend named Ryan, who helped tune the song, which I'll talk about a little bit later, not because my bass was out of tune, but something fun at the very end. All right, folks, so let me first talk about the instrument that I chose. This instrument that I chose is a bluesman vintage uh, 60s style P bass. Now, for those of you who that doesn't mean anything to, one of the Earliest Well, the earliest electric bass was a Fender Precision bass, right, built in 1951. And then, uh, shortly thereafter, they, re- they modified the pickup style to be the P-Bass pick- pickup that you see today, if you are familiar with those kind of basses. The reason why I wanted to choose a P-Bass, when uh, I played another style of instrument called a jazz bass, and I have a Bluesman uh, Stack Knob jazz bass for that, is the P-Bass was the first electric bass and I wanted that. I wanted the foundational sound where it, you can't really screw it up. It's got a volume knob and a tone knob, and you got to play it, and it sounds great. And it's heard on thousands and thousands of thousands of recordings that you hear. Why did I choose the instrument that wasn't necessarily my first instrument? It's because I wanted that very primitive, very analog foundation for the sound. And that's what sticks out in this particular song. I actually tried it on the other one, I liked how this one sounded better. Okay, so now when we get into, say, now you're playing this thing and you're doing the thing, okay, what else is special about it, Brian? Well, the first chord you hear is F-sharp, C-sharp, G-sharp. Now, that is a fifth apart for each note. Now, for those of you that are not musical, what that means is that there's equal space between the bottom note, the middle note, and the top note between each note like that, which means that nothing is most important. It is not a major or a minor chord. It is actually an open chord. And I wanted that because I wanted to invite you in to say, well, what is this thing going to be? Because it's neither major nor minor. And when Josh and I talk about things, we talk about the different perspectives on it. What could it be? What is it to you? What is it to me? What is it to you, the listener? And that was important. And that chord actually has a deep place in my heart. When I was a young player, I would stay up late, and I would just be downstairs in my room growing up. and I was in high school at the time. I had this old, like, avocado green overstuffed chair that we got at some yard sale somewhere that helped fill the space in my downstairs. And I would have no amp. I would just... Uh, I didn't have any amp. Sorry. Bad English. And I would sit there and play chords and learn things. And that was one of the chords that always, I just loved the sound of it. I was just was exploring my instrument early on. And that tonality has always just meant something to me personally. I don't know what it is, but there's something I really like about it. So I'd play it. There's even a couple of older compositions I tried to work that in. And sometimes you may hear me play that if you're ever hearing me play out. And the reason being is because I just like the sound of it. I wanted to start with that. I wanted to have that be the intro. Something that started at the very beginning from when I was first learning as a musician for that inspiration. So as I move through all of the things now for the theme song, what's cool is that I wanted to have a couple different movements. So like, if you listen to the first part of it, what you're hearing is um, something that could just loop by itself. But then when I was listening back to old recordings of it, or you know, like like the rough ones, I'm like, I wanna add a little bit of variation. And why is that? Well, so if you listen to the first uh, time around, and then it comes back around again, I'm changing some of the notes underneath. See, I changed some of the foundational notes, and it changes the tonality of the chord. I've even moved some of the shapes a little bit. Why? It's still the same structure. It's still the same amount of things going on. There's no, it's not any shorter, it's not any longer. Why did I add the variation, especially just in that first part? The reason being is because I wanted a different experience coming around the second time. Just like Josh and I will talk through a topic, and I'll go through it, and then Josh will talk about it, you're getting something a little bit different. Even though we might be saying the same message, like the same melody, there's different underpinnings with it. And I wanted that little bit of interest and variety to be able to kind of lift you up and it kind of put you back in. and lift you up and put you back in. That was on purpose, folks. So I may uh, do another episode like this where I actually play it and explain it for more musician-y types. But when you're hearing that theme song, it should, like, oh, I'm getting familiar with this. I'm into it. And then next time it comes around, it's a little bit different. Um, and it kind of moves along. I really wanted something that provided forward motion. You know, Josh and I sometimes, we do get in the weeds from time to time. But we really want to try to move a conversation forward. We want it to be a seed of something, right? The thing that's wonderful about uh, my friend is that him, we can talk about just about anything. And we have the foundation of friendship. And bass is a foundational instrument. I wanted something foundational that you could imagine other things. You can imagine guitars. You can imagine drums. You can imagine piano or symphonies on top of that. But it's stated very simply. Even though there's a lot of uh, like rich chordal things going on, you still hear the melody on top of all of it. And that's important because if you can sing a melody and you think about some of your most popular songs, nobody's really singing necessarily all the underlying tracks. If you are, it's because you've heard something melodic in those instruments. But memorable songs have a memorable melody, and those things help people sing together. So anyway, enough waxing poetic on some of that stuff. I want to talk about at uh, the end theme song that you hear. It's like, well, not it the same theme song? And the answer is yes. However, I ripped off something years ago. <laughs> uh, There's a show called The Facts of Life. And if you listen to that theme song, the first time it comes around in the intro, it's the key it's in. On the ending credits, it's a half a step up. And it kind of feels like you're kind of bouncing out of the episode. And I wanted to do that. So uh, Tim's friend Ryan tuned up the bass track by half a step. So if you ever feel like you're kind of bouncing out of the episode and it's ending on an up note, it's mentally I wanted to uplift that, and I wanted to kind of call that out for attention. Now here's the other thing that's kind of cool. Uh, if you you know if you listen to that and you know the kind of instrument that I'm playing, it is impossible to play the song a half a step up because I run out of frets. I actually top out. That's also kind of fun because, like, you know, if you come in, like, I've reached the utmost of what I can possibly do on the instrument for the intro. Going out, you're going to be elevated, right? You're going to experience the same thing, but it's actually something that you can't do when you've started the episode. Just think about that for a minute. Hope you see a lot of parallels and things that we've talked about and stuff. Thanks for indulging me and letting me just talk a little bit about the theme song. There may be other versions of this coming out. I'd love to hear other people's uh, interpretations of it if it ever comes to it. we would love to uh, hear those things. Anyway, in the meantime, this is Brian for Curiosity Continuum. Josh, please put the tuned-up theme song right about here. Enjoy, folks. Thanks.